Hi, this is Bernie Dake. You're listening to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Hi, I'm Megan Hoffer. And if you're enjoying Words of Life, I want to invite you to check out another show brought to you by the Salvation Army. Heartbeat is a one-minute show about real life. Heartbeat touches on topics ranging from finances and prayer to dating and mental health. If you're looking for a short message of hope to challenge you and brighten up your day, subscribe to Heartbeat wherever you get your podcast, or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Cheryl Gillum. And I'm Bernie Dake. We hope you've been enjoying this series of testimonies. We launched the series on January 29th, so if you've missed any episodes, subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org. Now, this week's episode is with another friend of ours named Lieutenant Sam Mashi. Mm. Now, Sam is a Salvation Army officer here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. He and his wife oversee the work at one of our CROC centers. And uh, Sam's a really interesting guy because he's a very capable musician, but he's actually also a very talented visual artist. Wow. We hope that you'll be encouraged by his testimony. Thank you so much for joining us today, for being willing to share your story. Thank you for having me. Um, My name is Sam Mashi. Um, A lot of people don't really know how to pronounce that. Um, But I was uh, born and raised in uh, Zimbabwe, migrated to the U.S. in 2010. You were um, part of the Salvation Army in Africa. What was that like growing up um, as an army kid as a pastor's kid in Africa? I have to say that for me, it was really different from most Salvation Army officers' kids. I was blessed to have a fairly well-to-do life. And I always lived in a house that had electricity and running water, which is not given, um, given the circumstances in Africa. How, how did that, how did you internalize that privilege? Was it something where you felt, you know, grateful for, or what, what did that look like just growing up to have that level of privilege, knowing that people around you didn't have that? Unfortunately for me, um, it um, grew a little bit of entitlement in me. Um, my parents, awesome parents, um, like uh, I would say the best parents that you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a sense, um, I took advantage of that. It meant a lot of trouble for my parents. Um, it meant me um, sometimes even using my parents' position um, mm. to, to, to get my way. You know, there was almost this entitlement that, you know, there's nothing you can do to me, kind of. Mm. Um, in my head, I always thought that, you know, I can get it right later. Fast forward 2006, got into this crazy argument with my dad over a cell phone. Um, So it was, you know, just at the beginning of where officers were getting cell phones. And so Mm -hmm. my parents were at THQ um, and they were given cell phones. Mm -hmm. So, of course, 
I grabbed the cell phone and I, I made it my own because you would just leave it at home. Yeah. So, you know, that's where I call all my friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where, that's where I had uh, conversations with my girlfriend and yeah. all of that. But um, those were pay-as-you-go contract lines. Mm. So I built that bill up pretty, yeah. pretty significant. <laughs> and I guess at some point it came back and um, my dad um, came back one day and said, you know, you need... You need to stop using that phone. I said no. Um, that was entitlement at its peak, and I was able to argue that. Like I, I just said no, um, and he was he at that point said, you know, if you are not going to listen to me, um, you're going to have to leave the house. I twisted that, um, and I made it. You know, I made him kind of be in the wrong. Like, oh, you don't love me. Mm. and you're yeah. going to throw me out of the house. And from that point, I made a horrible decision not to speak to my dad. That um, year, I went off on a, to a music camp um, for a week. You know, I was away from everything, but I came back home and found... You know, my dad was in this, like, he had just lost a lot of weight. Um, wow. And the first thing that hit me was like, you know, I hope he's not, you know, dying. Um, like, mm. I don't, that was the first thing that, you know, came to mind. And I remember, you know, saying this prayer, like, God, please don't let my dad um, be sick. He kept deteriorating. I remember in that time, you know, I was just frantic at that point because like it was in that moment that you have this realization that golly, most of my life, he has not seen anything good out of me. At that point, I am just praying frantically like, okay, God, please, don't let him die. And I started this fight with God. Um, like, you know, if you're a God, you know, how do you allow this to happen? Yeah. Um, putting these demands on God and saying, you know, God, if you're a God, then fix this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, he wasn't even able to speak anymore. Um, so the irony of it all, um, I always look back at that, you know, is that I spent all these months not speaking to him while he was trying to speak to me. Mm. And then, you know, in this time where I'm, I'm, I'm literally seeing life being sucked out of him, I'm like so desperate to, to talk to him now. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to the hospital every day. There was just a lot of pain in knowing that, you know, I couldn't have conversations yeah. um, with him. And... I feel like God was working in all of that, um, as weird as it as it sounds. Literally, I gathered the strength, I guess, in a sense, and um, I was doing everything I could possibly think of to almost gain God's favor. I had been fasting, even, um, and on that night, I'm in my room and I'm praying on my knees, like right at my bedside praying out loud, crying to God, literally. Um, and I remember 
out of frustration, I had just picked up my Bible and just kind of thrown it. And it opened um, to Daniel chapter three, where it starts to talk of how um, Daniel and his friends refused to bow down to the statue. And when they're called in front of the king, basically they were saying, we will not bow down to this statue. We know that the God we serve could save us from whatever you can throw at us, you know? Mm-hmm. But even if he doesn't, yeah, we refuse to bow down mm-hmm. because we only bow down to, 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 to God. It hit me um, in a very, very different way because I was there reading this story and all I heard literally was a whisper from God saying, you know, I can save your dad. Um, and that, w- that was a prayer, right? That he can literally speak healing into existence. Um, but he said, but if I don't, would you still serve me? Yeah. God doesn't want this falsified relationship with me where it's just about what God can do for me in the moment. And I remember in that moment, I also understood what that meant. Um, And I said, after a lot of crying, I just like, I cried more than I could, I had ever cried in that moment because I understood. But at the end of that, I went back on my knees and I said, yes, God, I will do whatever it is that you call me to. Um, I understand. Um, So that's the 27th. On the 28th, um, I would normally go to the hospital in the morning Mm -hmm. and in the evening, but I couldn't go in the morning um, only because I knew there was just this thing in me that knew that that was going to be the last time that I saw my dad. And I remember my mom had gone um, and she called me and she said, you know, where are you? Um, uh, Your dad is looking for you. And I just remember telling her, tell him to wait for me. And and then in the evening, I went to the hospital. I saw him. And I remember as a family was my sister, my cousin, my mom. um, And it was just us around his hospital bed. And we started just singing hymns. And then it was time for all of us to go. Um, Everyone started to leave, go out. And I stayed um, because I knew. Um, And so I talked with him. Of course, he couldn't talk back to me. But I remember just apologizing mm. um, and, and saying, you know, I'm sorry that you never got to see anything good in me. It was a painful moment for me. But I also remember in that moment just saying, I want you to know, I promise that I'm going to live a life that you would be proud of.
based off your experience, your story, everything that you've gone through, how would you define the word hope? I would say that hope is knowing who your God is, mm-hmm. knowing how great our God is. You know, when David goes to the battlefield and, you know, all of Israel is cowering at this giant. Um, and then David finally stands up and he says, who is this, you know, giant that comes before, you know? And he says, you know, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty and the God of the armies of Israel whom you defy. Um, David says, I come against you with the armies, Mm. which makes it plural. Um, For me, it was this eye-opening moment that, you know, he's not, David is not worried about this little army that's here. Mm. He's worried about the host. Yeah. God's armies Mm. that are with them. I think that's a thing that we, um, when we're in our moments of doubt, when we're in our moments of pain and all of that, we don't realize that, you know, it's God has a whole army of angels and hosts of heaven that yeah. are literally behind you, God's armies yeah. that are fighting for you. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we'd love to hear from you. Call 1-800-229-9965 or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to connect. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or your testimony. With your permission, we would love to use your story on the show. You can also subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store. Or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to learn about more programs produced by the Salvation Army. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. Join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.